Yo, 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 what is up? Merry Christmas, Kingdom Bringers. How you guys doing? So good to be back. It has been a couple months, been a few months since I've recorded into this microphone, but it's good to be here again. You are listening to the best of season three episode of the Kingdom Bringer podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. 2020 has been interesting. 2020 has been very, very interesting. And one thing that I love about podcasting is that I get to document what I'm going through. I get to document the year that was. And it was really cool to go back and listen to these episodes this year I met some really cool people. I had probably my favorite interviews in the three seasons that I've done this. My favorite interviews were this year. This was a fantastic season of the Kingdom Bringer podcast. I met some new folks. I got to reminisce with some old friends. And a lot of things have gone down. We've been battling with coronavirus. We've been battling with lockdowns and shutdowns, pandemic stuff. We've been dealing with racism, the whole racism issue. And me personally, I've gone through some personal stuff. I stepped down from church ministry this year, something I've gone after and strived after for most of my adult life. And the Lord kind of led me into a place of taking a step back to rest, to re-engage with my family and to pursue something different. And so that I have done. And in the middle of that, the Lord has also led my family into a new season where we are moving from Dodge City and we are moving to Wichita. So as you're listening to this, I may already be in Wichita. Not real sure yet what the timeline is, but it's an adventure, and my wife and I have experienced some supernatural alignment and some supernatural agreement, and I tend to think that it's something that would not have happened if we wouldn't have been a part of this, this reset that's gone on in the, in the nation, in the world, and ultimately in our family. And me taking a step away from church ministry has allowed uh, just a, a rekindling of relationship with my wife and my family. And it's been so amazing. It's been so good. And the whole time, we've got future stuff that we're looking forward to. We're hopeful for the future. I've got some podcasting stuff coming down that I'm working on. We've got some some future shows that I'm going to be releasing, and it's just good. It's exciting, leaving some relationships, leaving some some friendships, and looking forward to starting some new ones. Looking forward to what the Lord has in store for me and my family, and it's so good. Meanwhile, you guys still listen to the podcast, so thank you for that. Very, very thankful for each and every one of you guys. I am thankful for every single one of you that have given to Kingdom Bringer through kingdombringer.com, through the donate page. Um, 
thank you guys. It's, it really is because of you that I get to do this. And if, if you're listening to this now, you've never given, think about it, pray about it, see if it's something you'd like to do to support what we're doing here at the podcast. Again, I've got some future shows in the works, some different shows in the works that uh, I'm excited to, to produce, to create, to release. And yeah, it's awesome. Got some, got some blogs. I want to get back into the writing game too. I keep saying that every time I get on here, but it is true. Right now, we're in the process of packing up this house and moving. We're like in that process right now. I was able to break away for a few minutes to record this intro, but we are in the process of moving. So it's super busy right now. But 2021 is going to be superb. It's going to be amazing. 2020 for me was amazing. How was it for you? How was 2020 for you? In the grand scheme of things, how was this year for you? Shoot me an email, darren at kingdombringer.com. I would love to hear and uh, converse about the year that was for you. Let me know. I'm looking forward to it. It's Christmas Day. It's Christmas time right now as you're listening to this. This is being released on Christmas Day. I've done that for three years in a row. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Let's reminisce. Let's reminisce together, shall we? This is the best of season three of the Kingdom Bringer podcast. Enjoy and be blessed. Hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Kingdom Bringer podcast. Here is my interview with Marcus Rogers, Brandon Gatson, and Matt Cruz. This is the first episode of season three. Today we are talking kingdom. Marcus, a lot of people are aware of you just from social media stuff. Tell me a little bit about your heart, man. When I say kingdom bringer, when I talk about the kingdom living inside of you, what's that mean to you? Walking in power, walking in authority, walking in uh, dominion. You know, there's a lot of stuff that we're all going to face. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Um, you know, we're all going to have our personal battles. But how do we navigate through that? How do we respond to that in a way that's kingdom? You know, do you have a kingdom mentality? You know, do you have a passion for the for the things of God and the kingdom of God? And so I believe that that's the main part of it. You know, people don't really understand what it means to walk in kingdom power, kingdom authority, and then even in the spiritual world, just kingdom dominion. You know, we have dominion. Brandon, what about you? Same question. Yeah. So um, a verse comes to mind. Romans 14, 17 says that the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but it is righteousness, yes. peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And uh, when I think about the kingdom, um, couple of things come to mind righteousness peace and joy comes to mind for sure because that is those are three functions um, of the kingdom of god is those are three aspects that allow us to express here in this world what it's like to be in god's world what it's like to be a citizen of his blood be a citizen of the life that he afforded and that citizenship is reflected in our righteousness in our peace and in our joy Matt, revival. What is revival? What's it look like? Yeah, I often tell people, you know, we need revival. It, it requires a change in the deepest levels of the heart. 
Um, I think that it's so important for people just to, to come alive again. Like, Brandon, it's honestly simple. You know, it's something that's dead, that's alive. Um, something that's been lost or taken, you know, God restoring that. Um, it's important to me because people are spiritually dead, you know, they're in bondage and they need to be free. And so God just, he brings revival because at that moment he can breathe a new fire in their heart again and they can like, they can see different, you know, they can smell different, they can talk different. So I just think revival is important in the body for the churches that have, um, just lost reverence for the presence of God and, you know, have been so programmed, um, where the Holy Spirit cannot move, cannot do what only he can do. Um, so it's just important because people need to come alive again. Kingdom in the coffee shop. Here's my sit down chat with Redbeard himself, Clinton Conant. Bro, I wanted to have you on. It was very inspirational to yeah. me to watch you go through that process. Thank you. And if you can, man, I'd like you to kind of introduce yourself a little bit in regards to that, like where this dream came from. Listening to the Holy Spirit and like like the idea of kingdom business and what that even really looked like. Like we were just like for us, you know, we we're fresh a couple of years into even understanding what the kingdom right. made manifest on earth looked like. Yeah. And like we get to do that. We get yeah. to be a part of that. And so like the whole idea of saying like this yeah, it's a coffee shop and it's a money maker and it's cool and, and whatever. Why can't it be all those things and hands and feet? You know, it's yeah. like loving people praying for people like changing lives building community like really changing community yeah yeah that was the vision yeah that was the vision to be like community minded from day one about all about the people man the world whew, come on the world just they should tons of uh, it's always what's the worst thing we can look at or find yeah. or you know i mean like our perspective has always shifted downward um Whereas, you know, I just, I learned at a very young age that, you know, the glass, glass is always half full. Yeah. There's always gold yeah. to be brought out. This is Kingdom Through Safe Time with Josh and Nacy Littlejohn. For you, what does this mean? Like why, he mentioned like the power of like confession and honesty. Like what does that mean to you guys? Why do you feel like that's such an important thing to, to go after? Well, our inward self, our hearts are so important because out of our hearts flows what we do in life, what we say, how we respond in situations. And so if our heart's not whole, if it's not healthy, then that's going to affect several areas of our life. So our heart is for people to have healthy hearts and be free and whole and to let go of what's troubling them, let go of whatever they're carrying whatever shame fear anxiety regret uh whatever it is that's troubling them we want them to let go of that because on the other side of that is freedom it was just kind of never talked about and i for sure didn't want to talk about it and uh but it would always like be like an elephant in the room i i perceived it as like especially when we would like drive like we'd drive to wichita and there's like five or six you know, pro-life billboards right. on the way there and back. And, yeah. And I, like, Nacy would always, like... Uh, see them and start crying. She would and... see them and start crying. And, and so whenever I see 
you know, my default reaction to that was get mad for whatever reason. Great guy, but like that was just my. I don't know. Oh, like, the old job. Yeah, or just like I when, when there's pain, I was like, I don't want to deal with it. I just want to get mad, and I was like, why can't you just? We're forgiven. Oh, like why can't you move on? But yeah, we're forgiven. Like God doesn't even remember that anymore, right? right? And so right. I can get real theological to justify, you know, why I don't want to like confront uh, or walk through the reality of that. You know, so I was scared. I think. Yeah. A radical story about radical redemption, radical transformation, a miraculous story. I got to sit down with Rob Decker. My dad and I challenged each other. Actual fist fights, man, uh, between uh, times where I pulled a knife out on my dad and he just turned it around on me. Um, so there was a lot of violence in my house and my dad was kind of like that alpha male. He was strong personality, strong man. He was a fighter in the Marines. Uh, he, he was a shorter guy, so he kind of had like that that Napoleon thing going for him, you know? And, and so that's what I was up against. And so because I couldn't beat my dad and um, very young, I would allow to get myself picked on, but at one, you know, the moment I became a freshman in high school, I just couldn't have it anymore. I just, I basically became my dad. I morphed into him. When I was 29 years old, I met a young lady and I was so far down, like I was actually dating another young lady who was very nice, very sweet. And um, I took advantage of that situation. And I met another young lady while I was selling drugs. She was a bank teller and I was cashing a check. We, we, we flirted and exchanged numbers. And I knew, man, I knew, I knew, <laughs> bad idea. But I decided to jump in because it's exciting, <laughs> right? I'm so excited, this is a new high. And, and um, you know, really early on, we, we both saw, showed each other signs of, you know, our insecurities and our fears and, and dysfunction. Um, I, I recognized very early on that she was either molested, raped, taken advantage of some, uh, on some level um, at a young age. And so she had a lot of dysfunction there. And, and we got to a place in our relationship where it got physical and it was like, you know what? I have to walk away from this situation because this is going to get bad. I wake up to a banging at the door. And she comes downstairs and I, I look at her and I'm like, what's going on? And she looks at me and she says, I called the cops and told them that you raped me and that you tried to kill me. And in that moment, my whole flash, my whole life flashed before me. And, you know, I felt so hurt and betrayed and confused and scared and whatever negative emotion that could come with it. And in that moment, I was like, you know, what? I just can't do this. Like, I'm not going to go to prison for something I didn't do, you know? And, um, I'm, I'm like, it's over. And so I ran headfirst out of a three-story loft, supermanded out of a window, a closed window. And when I broke through the window, the second level, my foot clipped an awning and changed my fall. And I hit the concrete, um, shattering my left arm, breaking my right wrist, collapsing my left lung, and breaking my lower back. I got to sit down and interview Jamie Lynn Wallnow. This is the art of prophecy. The prophetic to me is one of those things that could take could turn a non-believer 
into a believer and yeah. can even turn a non-believing believer yeah, for sure. <laughs> into a believer. <laughs> I feel like uh, the people who, like, there's that moment where I remember first hearing prophecy. I was like, what's happening? Is this fortune telling? I just remember I was like sweating and I was like really nervous <laughs> at IHOP. Yeah. And, and they were delivering words and it was something that only God knew. There was like no way anybody else could have known that. Yeah. And so for me, I think it's a game changer and it's something I desire to release in every way possible because like, like even with the prophetic, if I could do anything all day, I would eat popcorn and sob while watching people get prophetic words because I think it's that powerful to, yes. like, it's, it's like, we should all desire. It even says in the word that that's one thing that we should all desire yeah. to prophesy. I pray a lot for our nation with a group of women and government officials and pastors and churches who are speaking up about our government. And I feel like that's my involvement with government. I don't know that my platform at the, for sure at the moment is not that, but just being faithful with what I hear, declaring it and taking action in those words, because I'm, I'm sure you've mentioned this on your podcast before. Um, like you said, the kingdom is inside, but also when he speaks to us, it ain't gonna just happen. Sometimes things just happen. Thank God, that's awesome. But yeah. usually when you get a word, it's because you're meant to steward it. Yes. And because maybe you need to know that it's gonna happen because all the stuff that's about to happen on the journey to get there. That's that good. will produce character for us to be able to handle it. But if we let it. And the, the opportunities that have happened from that act of faithfulness have been crazy. Here's my episode with Michael Malden. This one's all about Kingdom Creative. My wife and I have a call to transform culture through the arts. Okay. And I began to look at just at the, just some of the areas of cu cultural influence. And I even met throughout this year, met with a guy. Do you know George Barna, the guy who does all the statistics, you know, Barna yeah. Research Group? Yeah. And I was just wanting to test some of my hypotheses with him who's done the research on some of this stuff. And, and so he, he's identified three tiers of cultural influence. And the top tier is the most influential for the transformation of culture. And seven things he's identified in his top tier. Five out of the top seven are media related. Wow. Uh, one is family, the other is politics, policy politics. Middle tier, there's some business education. Bottom of the bottom tier is the local church least effective in the transformation of culture. I was like, man, we, we got to do something different. Like if this is a business and we're investing money into something, we need to shift some things. Yeah. I feel like church has become so insular and protective, fearful of culture and known for what we're for against versus, I saw this vision of like these church steeples that were buds of a flower. And I saw them like closed for a long time, but I saw them beginning to open up and bloom as if they were a flower and express the glory of God, what God's put within them through creativity the miraculous through just going out you know not being so protective that's awesome and i go wait it feels like this weight comes on me i'm laying on my bed i can't move again and it was like this this screen pops before my eyes and i have this vision into 2000 years ago and i'm seeing jesus going to the cross and he was bloody he was his face was like torn up and mangled from how he'd been beaten it was just so red i could hardly make out the face and as he was carrying the cross he turns and his eyes just light up with white light and it like pierced everything that was in me. I get chills every time I tell the story now. And I knew in that moment that what he was doing was for me. It was this personal thing. Took it personal, every, yeah. 
everything in my life changed. I went sober, celibate, moved from the East Coast to the West Coast. But I knew in that moment, I was like, man, I gotta go back to Hollywood and take ground. Where are those role models, the people who, who are telling God's stories that show how amazing God is? Because right now, all the role models that I see are leading people straight to hell and teaching you how to bring hell to earth. We're the role models that, that teach you how to bring heaven to earth. Here's my episode with Josh Littlejohn. This is Honesty Amid the Coronavirus. My wheelhouse or my lane in some senses is, is just to get people to think. And I, I feel like it's one thing that I like to do. And it all this whole coronavirus all became real to us at some point in time. Yeah. You know, and... Um, you know, I'm on the news too much, probably not watching TV, but just on the phone and reading news headlines. And I, before it really became really real here, I feel like I got a clue of like, wow, this is going to become real. But at the same time, I saw a lot of uh, church leaders and the Christian. At that time, the Christian, uh, what I felt like was at least perceived as the Christian response was there was a lot of uh, like, this isn't real. There was some, there was some politics politics going on, almost implying like the media was behind a lot of this. And uh, there was like, you know, just have faith and don't be afraid. And it is true. I, you know, we're told as Jesus followers, you know, don't be afraid. Right. Um, but I was just kind of fired up because I was, I was like, uh, it just raised a lot of questions in my mind. I'm like, you know, this isn't just going to be a staycation for a lot of people. You know, this isn't going to be, uh, or, you know, oh no, we have to stay at home and uh, we'll figure it out. We have to cancel our spring break trip. Oh darn. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think, I think that the messaging has changed since then. I think it's become more serious. So what's Where the faith at? for? Let's, let me ask you yeah. like, faith for what let's just say faith over fear faith in what 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 would you say that's faith in um not faith in but faith for what i think that anytime you're in a position where you have to overcome something like i think of an addict their you know their reality is they're addicted to whatever it is right mm -hmm. they i mean they have to have faith if we're going to go the, the scriptural definition of it it's what it's, it's it's faith is the the substance of things that you don't even have yet is the evidence of, of the unseen stuff, right? And so I feel like in this situation, faith would look like, that's a good question, it is. Like, I don't know what we're holding on to right now, you know? Because I'm not, I'm still not very fearful of this thing. I'm just not, like I'm not fearful of, I'm not fearful of getting sick. I'm not saying I'm not gonna get sick. I'm saying I'm not fearful of it. I feel like a lot of it still is kind of overblown. You're right, there's like some people out there that are suffering because of some overreactions i feel like so maybe the reality hasn't set in with me yet so i don't know i don't really know what i'm well you haven't lost your income correct i've, I've been asked to work from home which for me is kind of a uh, dream job so yeah, yeah. i, I haven't I, mean, I haven't much better off now than i did before this thing broke out <laughs> yeah in a way i get to spend time with my kids more and i'm yeah here we go. Here's my episode with Dave Ebert of Gifts for Glory Ministries and Well-Versed Comedy. Like for me personally, I think that comedians are some of the greatest truth tellers. 
Mm-hmm. So like when they get real and their, their their ability to tell the truth, you know, no, no matter what what their belief system is, you can tell when they're being real with themselves or not. You know, right, right. and I think that's when some of the best comedy comes out. What's some ways that you've seen comedy come back around to that that truth telling? Well, I think the 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 one thing that is really on the um, on everyone's forefront is. Uh, you know Dave Chappelle's uh, recent special. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a lot of stuff, obviously, that I wouldn't cover or talk about, but just the fact that he pulled no punches and he told as much truth as he could see, uh, yeah. as, as he knows, and it sh- it shook a lot of people up. Uh, Ricky Gervais uh, at the Golden Globes, yes, kind of you know hitting people, you know, in, the, in some soft spots in areas that uh, you know most people are afraid to touch yeah and comedy is a way to very to go in very disarmed and or you know not violently but in a way just kind of break down walls and expose things to light that otherwise you couldn't i am resting and i'm resting well i have totally given myself permission to rest it really is something that I just feel like an invitation from the Lord to just enter into this place of rest. And it's not just for me. I believe that he is calling the entire church to a place of rest. Like I feel like this is such a golden opportunity for the church right now. Such a golden opportunity for the church to just take what the Lord is doing in this. Like, Can we all agree that the Lord did not bring coronavirus. I do believe the Lord has the ability and the desire and it's his will to take everything the enemy means for harm and to turn it for our good. And so you can just, you can believe that in the middle of this, in the middle of pandemic, in the middle of a storm, the Lord is doing something for our good. And the the best example for this right now for me that I just really believe the Lord is just laying on my spirit is just in the middle of the storm when he was with his disciples in the boat in the middle of the storm they found him at the back of the boat napping literally having his head on a pillow and and resting to the point where he was asleep in the middle of the storm it's okay for us to take a rest from the routine It just is. And one thing the Lord's calling me to do right now, if I look around, one thing that's being done in my life is distractions are being eliminated. Like I have no choice but to be with my family, to focus on them. How many of us, let's be real for a second. How many of us are in a place where we're spending more time with our family right now than we ever have? And how many of us, is that a difficult thing? that we don't even know what to do because we're with our spouse or our kids so long. I would I would say right now that's a learning moment because two, three, four, five months ago, we would have looked at our lives and said, man, I just, I don't spend enough time with my family. I spend more time watching TV. I spend more time at work. I spend more time doing ministry. And now we're in a season right now of like, okay, where are your priorities at? It is Easter Sunday. I'm at home on Easter. We've got quarantine going on. Everything's a little bit different. 
because for the first time ever in the history of the Kingdom Bringer podcast, I have a member of my family. Say what's up, member. What's up, member? So that is Ashton. She is the voice of the KB Podcast Network. And this is very uncomfortable for her, but she told me she would do this with me. So thank you, sweetheart. You're welcome, Father. She's the youngest of the Eubanks tribe, and she was having a conversation with her mama about how she felt like she was struggling in her relationship with Jesus. Is that how that went? Um, Well, I've been, I was feeling that for a while, and then I, me and my mom were just sitting on the couch and not really doing anything, so I was just bringing that up. Why did you, why did you feel like you needed to bring that up with her? Because I knew that she could like help me with that and like we could think of ideas to help me draw closer to him and do things. 14 years old, how would you speak to those people out there right now that don't think that they have access to hearing the Lord's voice or that they can understand his presence? What would you say to them? What's something that works for you in those in those places where you question whether or not you're actually hearing his voice? What would you say to them? Um, I would say probably like find a maybe like a special talent that he's given you and you can use that to like praise him and do all these things and like communicate and speak to him through that. Last week I had my daughter Ashton on here. This week it is the one the only my lovely bride jamie has joined us i did not think this day would ever come (laughs) jamie thank you for joining me today (laughs) yep (laughs) (laughs) it takes major creativity during times like this when you're locked in your home and literally can't go do things you got to be creative with your time and creative with with what you guys do and so how how does creativity right now during this time how does that affect you Jamie well I want to say I love that I see you creating more and I see like the joy in your heart during this time since we did um, step down from church ministry I think it's opened up a lot of creative doors for each of us actually our family and I, I, I think that's really cool that the Lord is like replacing some some things. So for me personally, I'm currently stepping out of that place of church ministry that I've talked about the last few weeks. I've stepped away from church ministry and that's something that I've known my whole adult life. It's been something that I've gone after. I've loved the idea of church ministry. I've loved the idea of being in leadership and helping move forward in a direction that's going to be beneficial to the body of Christ. And I've gone after it and I've done it and I've done it. And sometimes it has felt fruitless. Sometimes those efforts and those, that striving has left with this fruitless feeling that I've wasted my time. I would encourage you to find someone that you can be real, honest, and vulnerable with because I'm sick and tired of the fake and I'm sick and tired of the, the disingenuine conversations that are being had. Let's be real. We've, we've got real thoughts. 
Here's my conversation with Scott Ingham and Dr. Clyde Rivers. I'm just going to be like, I hope this can be a conversation of just like honesty because I'm, Oh yeah. Yeah. I am needing that so much. You know what I mean? Like I don't have, I don't really have an avenue or a place where I can, social media is not the place it looks like (laughs) to be honest and share share your thoughts, you know? And I just, I don't feel like if, uh, if, if there's a problem, if there's a real issue, I, I don't think holding back honesty and true feelings is going to help anything. <laughs> Does that yeah, no, 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 no. As a matter of fact, you know, these are these are conversations that need to be had. Yeah. You know, because uh, 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 if you look at it from from God's perspective, we're all the we're all the same family. So, and you know, one of the things that I think Darren is is people lose sight of the fact, even as Christians. Uh, we lose sight of the fact that that the, the gospel is for everyone. The gospel is 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 isn't race preference. Yeah, it's 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 for everyone. And uh, and I think at times, as as believers, one of our greatest battles is this: man's tradition makes the word of God of no effect. This is episode number 66. This is our premiere episode for the second half of season three. We talk kingdom presence with Robbie Atwood of Somerset, Kentucky. No, that's, I said, Brother Mark, that's not why I came here. I didn't want to take over a prayer ministry. And I think I might even told him, I, I know I thought it. I, I don't even like prayer. Yeah. You know, I, I know I know a person should pray, I should pray. I do pray a little. Uh, I honor prayer. My grandma's an intercessor. My mom's an intercessor. But me, uh, I'm not that old lady with a prayer shawl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought intercession was for. It was for those people. Yeah. And those weird people that were, you know, socially awkward. And uh, <laughs> and, and I said, stick them in the intercessor's no, room, man. Stick them in the intercessor's room. Right. Exactly. <laughs> they had the closet. That's Even right. at this church, it was this old room in the back that had a bunch of boxes and it was storage yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And uh and he said, No, you take this. I said, No, I don't want it. So make a long story short, I left that office with the prayer ministry. Yeah. And I leave going, Lord, okay, I don't even like to pray. I'm not sure I even know how to pray. Uh if I'm gonna do this prayer thing uh that's burning in me, I ask that you you cause me to enjoy prayer. I mean, if, if you see if you see him as father, you're not going to be walking around with your head down, man. <laughs> that's it. That's you're exactly not. right. Yes, you're not. Yes, that's. I mean, that's what Jesus came to reveal was the father. Yeah. I mean, he everything everything else that Jesus did was 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 an uh, additive to the central uh, revelation. You know, for for thousands of years, people had misunderstood the father, yeah. and Jesus came to just line to bring alignment to the body, to the people, so to his good. people, and say there's somebody that's not been talked a lot about. Yeah, You understand them as judge, you understand them as, you know, this or that, but I've come to show the Father, and, and he did it so well. That's so good. <laughs> so, Perfect you know, representation, yeah, bro. That's so good. Yes, yes, yes. We have Tyler D. Smith of Crawfordsville, Indiana. He's a youth minister. He's an NBA sports writer for the Indiana Pacers, and he's an author. 
talk about his new book. It's called Searching for Seven. Whenever I have a new guest on that I haven't really met before, I like to send out some homework and I sent you a question, ways that you feel like you release the kingdom. That's kind of the heart of this podcast. And the first one that really intrigued me was uh, ways that you release the kingdom. You believe is treating God's word like it's actually alive. Expound on that for me. I know a a large portion of my life, I I struggled with this. And so I feel like um, even the the strongest Christians probably at some point struggle with, you know, treating God's word like it is actually living. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, yeah, it was written a couple thousand years ago and um, a lot of life back then was completely different. So you're going to have all these conversations about, is it outdated? Does it matter? Or these, you know, I hear these uh, uneducated, nearly illiterate people writing this stuff down. You can't trust it. Right. But the more you, the more you study it, the more that God's word is on your heart and mind, you know, as it says, meditate on it day and night, you start to see it come to life. Um, I have a few examples of which I share in the book about stories or even a couple of verses that I had heard a thousand times. But in those moments, what I was going through, it was like a bolt of lightning flashing through me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've, I've heard this before, but never like this. Yeah. Those for, for me were moments of it is actually a living word, like it says. I'm ready to roll for this one. You're going to have an injection of energy from the Michael McIntyre. All right, man. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready, bro. All right. You talk a lot too. You've got a a new ebook out about coaching and mentoring, where you talk about how important it is to find that not just a coach, but a good coach. What should people be looking for when they're looking for a, a coach for them, for themselves? Yeah, it's a good question, Darren. And you got to look for the fruit. You know, so often people, you know, they get into the analytical or the uh, academia of business, which you got to have that. You don't get me wrong. You need that. But you also need the fruit. You need to see, you know, uh, has somebody actually done it? Have they actually walked through that with you? You know, have they been, have they had difficult times? Uh, you know, it's really important to struggle through difficult times. And, and, you know, if you don't struggle through difficult times, if you have everything handed to you, how many times do you see somebody, you know, they, they were born with everything, a silver spoon in their mouth, they have a trust fund, they're all, but they're miserable. They never did anything. They don't have, they've never tried to do anything because they never had to struggle. Yeah. The struggle is where it's at. And so if you, if you're seeking a coach or a mentor, find somebody that has had their butt kicked yeah. <laughs> more, yeah. more than once. Yeah. I had the amazing privilege and honor to sit down and have an awesome conversation with one of my musical heroes, Mr. Tommy Green of the Christian hardcore band Sleeping Giant. What was the purpose of Sleeping Giant? What purpose did it serve in the in the world that is like hardcore yeah, music? Yeah, I, I wanted to instigate a, in Southern California, at least like in our tribe, Yeah, I wanted to make people feel proud of Jesus. That's good, yeah. 
Like I just, I was so, I'm like so proud of him. And I was blown away at how the, the, the larger church had so, had reacted so poorly to yeah. hardcore kids that were getting saved and trying to go to church. It was just, they were just hitting the same religious walls. And so then they, it folded back in on itself. And then people got real quiet about their faith because it felt like a movement and then it, we weren't accepted. And, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I got saved watching a bunch of really quiet, creative Christians that were trying their best to let their music speak, but they were done talking because it had all been sort of set. And so it was this sort of subdued, weird, thing and then I really went through a crisis in my life and got got rescued and so for me I just wanted to I just wanted to I wanted people to be stoked uh, on how amazing Jesus was and so and that galvanizes a room It, it 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 can inspire it can give hope something like this there's not a person there's not a good person on the planet that's cool with the truth about this crap about trafficking the problem is like with me i just didn't i didn't know it was a thing i didn't know it was something that took place in my town yeah it's like well it's one of those things where i live in salt lake and i'm working with the the organization that handles that and with the attorney general's office and like all this guys and uh, one of the caseworkers she said what high school did your daughter go to and this is in downtown salt lake city and i told her the name of my daughter's high school and she said, yeah, I have like five open files right now of kids from the school because it looks different. If you go to Thailand, you go to oh, yeah. Cambodia, you go to like some of these other places, you know, there's just women out front of a bar. Yeah. It's just part of the culture. And it's like, man, that's a bummer. If you, if you look at the old West, it's like, oh yeah, there's prostitutes and booze, whatever. Yep. In America, it looks like maybe there's a family that's struggling to make ends. And so the grandma, the grandpa, the mom, the dad, the aunt, the uncle will put the child out as a prostitute and bring them home at night so that they can make ends meet. So just, it looks different here. It's just different here. This is my interview with Jeremy Krause of Thrive Rescue. I rescued this girl, um, found her, took her in, found out that um, her mom or her grandmother, they weren't sure which one, because they live on an island, they had these big ships that were lining up to get into port. So one of her family members, either her mom or her grandma, were taking her out on a little boat out to those ships, collecting money, dropping her off for a couple hours, even a day, and then coming back the next day and picking her up. We're talking about a, a, a 13 year old girl. being dropped off on a cargo ship with men from who knows where. What's that thrive word mean for you and what you guys are doing? For me, thriving is not a matter of what you have physically. It's a matter of what you have spiritually. Jesus said, don't be surprised when when try when when you're bombarded you know paul said we're we're crushed you know or yep. all this stuff but nothing can separate us from the love of god and so thriving for me is is really thriving in spirit first and having that fiery passionate relationship with god and then number 2 watching that overflow everywhere you go got to sit down with three powerhouse chicks, Nacy Littlejohn, Courtney Conant, and Jamie Lynn Walnow. 
I think the main theme for us has always been family because there's such an attack on families. And um, doing the second one, it just really um, like solidified that in our hearts that if the family unit can learn how to be healthy and how to really love and how to be Jesus, then these broken people that we're seeing are gonna come into the family and be loved because the family unit that God created is healthy enough to go out and reach those lost people. Yeah. And they know how to hear God's voice to minister to these people and show them that he is real and who he is and how much he loves them. I sat down with Anne McDonald. How important do you feel like it is for the church, the big C church, to be innovators and be creators and be builders right now? I think it's our birthright. I mean, the blood of Jesus paid a really high price for us to be new creation. I mean, we're so we're technically we're new creatures, right? Never before seen in the earth. And because we don't understand that, you know, we behave from belief. So if we really believe that we were new creation, new creatures, then innovation would not be an issue. And I think that especially in this season, we need to get in the presence of God. And then we need to get really comfortable stepping out from a place of risk. You know, we have this thing, we call it taking our license out to be wrong. And we have a license to be wrong because we're in relationship with the Lord. This is Embracing the Chaos with a good friend, Jason Villanueva of the Salty Dogs podcast. This is what the Lord's doing to me. He's taking all of my previous form, everything that I thought I knew, Hmm. all the doctrines that I learned, everything that I thought I knew about him, theology, Christian ways, church growth strategy, language, (laughs) language, my identity. I used to be a church planner, lead pastor. Yeah. And all of that has begun to melt away. And so the Lord was saying, look, this is what's going to happen. You have to allow every old part of you to die in order to take on the blueprint, the DNA of who I'm going to make you become. And so I can't, you, I can't think that I'm going to bring any old me into this place. Yeah. You look at the chrysalis and this soupy substance, which is this chaotic, chaotic cell craziness that is lacking a purpose is lacking God's order. But the chaos is the prerequisite for God's order and for God's filling. And so the statement that hit me the other day was this, I am the chaos (laughs) and the void, which the Lord forms and fills. That's so good. This is episode number 75. And I thought there's no better way to end the season than to have another conversation with one of my dear friends, Josh Littlejohn. Do you feel like your even your ministry and your your quote unquote advice or counsel has changed over the last few months or year? Yeah, I definitely think it has. And I, I don't know that it's I think it's gone back because when when you and I first met, I, I had this real spiritual awakening about freedom and about 
the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and what it was. And then it kind of got tainted and tarnished, I think, through uh, the idea of having a platform and through the idea of, of church ministry. And really, a lot of our wives just want to share in it with us. They just they just want it all. They want all of it. They yeah. don't. It's we don't need to censor us. They just want. It. We don't need to have the answers. They, you, me sharing and opening up is the answer. They want to share the lie. Yeah, I've been in those places where I've I've shared things with friends before I've shared it with my wife, or I've opened up to friends before I've opened up to the person that's right next to me. And it hurts them. I've seen it hurt her. Mm-hmm. And I instantly thought it was more of a, like a jealousy thing, but it wasn't. It was what you said. It's like, she's literally mm-hmm. saying, if you, you don't get it, Darren, if you're hurt, I want to be hurt with you. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's almost this thing of like, why are you hurt? And I'm not, that doesn't make sense. And so I do think there's mm-hmm. something beautiful about that. And I think it's more, more about wives probably than it is husbands that feel that way, but they, they're really good at wanting to take on that stuff with their man. I really do believe that. We love you guys so much. If you want to give to what we're doing here financially through the blog, through the podcast, whatever, go to kingdombringer.com, click the donate tab. And I would be so honored. I'd be so blessed by that. And I thank you in advance for all that's coming through that. We thank you guys. Thank you for tuning in once again. Let your friends know about us. Until next time, be blessed.